I'm drinking a big mug of beer, so this isn't going to be a good episode for anybody to listen to. Or it's going to be a great episode. A great episode for that one guy who likes the Drunken Slurring podcast. If I don't drink on some episodes, then I feel like we're not living up to the name of the podcast. That's very true. That is appropriate. If we had, uh, like, I don't even, what do you call somebody who does a lot of cocaine? A businessman. <laughs> the business podcast. <laughs> the 80s. The 80s cast. Hey, you're here listening to the 80s cast. I'm DJ Spliff with me today. MZ comes a lot. Ooh, I don't know why I went with any of that. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense for a radio host. Like, you wouldn't no, be a DJ, be a, a, a DJ. I guess you'd be a DJ. You're a disc jockey, right? Maybe. I always think of... No, those people wear big mushrooms on their heads. Or, uh, not mushrooms, but... Uh, a mushroom? What's the thing that goes in the middle of a s'more? Graham crackers on the outside of a s'more, so chocolate and a marshmallow? A marshmallow. You got a mushroom <laughs> went in the middle of a smoke. This whole no, I got my, I got my, I just got the words mixed up. I don't even know what you're talking about. Neither do I. You know what? I'm not gonna cut any of this out. This is gonna be the cold open, just rambling nonsense. Cause I don't feel like it. I don't feel like going back. I don't feel like listening to it. Though I did enjoy making that song for the last episode that people seemed to like. Oh, they liked it. Mindy made me play it in the middle of the night. She's like, "Can you play that song again?" And I was like, "Really." <laughs> For you folks who don't know, our last episode, after the outro music, there's a special song that I created for... It's only a minute we, long, but... We, we seem to be doing more, so that's always... we like Marvel movies, wait till after the credits, you never know. Yeah, after the credits is where it's happening. Unfortunately, with a podcast, you could just skip to the after credits and not actually listen to the podcast. Well, yeah, they downloaded by that point. You always say that, but not everybody downloads the podcast. Yeah, but or streams it or whatever, I mean... I don't know. I don't know if any of that even matters. I don't know anything. The only thing I know is... Shit. That's bad. I don't know anything. Nothing is real. We live in a simulation. Is that what you went with? No. 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 no it was a lot stupider than that. So we have an episode. Let's get to it. Uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know what I've been saying a lot lately? <laughs> my goodness? No. Because... <laughs> I don't know, I saw it on a reel or a meme or something, but I'm sure you've seen it where something weird happens and then all of a sudden, like, one guy, you just hear the voice just, good heavens! <laughs> I've been saying that every time at inappropriate times. Like, somebody's grandma dies, I just go, oh, good heavens! It's like, oh, no, that's not, that wasn't, shouldn't have said that at the wake. So, uh, chicken wing, chicken wing, macaroni in the pot. What's that chicken wing song? No idea. Chicken wing, chicken wing, hot dog and bologna, chicken and macaroni. I feel like that's too many chickens in that song. Well, isn't it a song about chickens? So what wouldn't it have? It's about picnic food, I think. Oh. I'm not in the I'm a I'm a old millennial now. I don't I'm not in the know of uh outdated memes from five years ago. Do you call videos memes? I used to call them vines, and that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> so I don't know what you call them. So stick around, folks. We have a wonderful show for you. After these messages by our non-existent sponsors, Colgate Toothpaste, brush, brush hard. I want like a fucking metal toothpaste. No, not like made of metal, you know, like a heavy metal, like brush hard till your gums bleed. They come up with their own special toothbrush that have like spike tips and stuff at the end.
You are listening to the Drunky Pen Writing Podcast. I am your host. I'm going to talk like this the whole episode. <laughs> I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today, Spencer, the Himalayan Hemingway Heimlich Heifer Heavy Heifer Hoochie Harlot Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> Sorry, I got in a loop there. <laughs> I was waiting for you to break it, and you didn't. <laughs> I was just—I was interested to see where you were going. You, though, though, I did think I was gonna have to get up, get up, and go around the table and like fun, fun see you in the head. Hey, so Spencer, the Himalayan heavy heifer church—that works. Sure. Or you like the Himalayan Heimlich? See, I can't throw a maneuver. I don't know. Uh, today's episode sponsored by Squarespace, but they informed us five minutes before the podcast recording. That they're no longer our sponsor, and they never were. So, fuck! Never were. Here we go again, thinking mm. we have spot. Is Squarespace even around anymore? I don't know. I'd say that'd be funny considering we use, uh, the, uh, what's the place we use for our website? Where? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> tell you because you should know this. Why should I know this? Because you're a part of the website. I just, I, I gave you the money for my end, and that's, that's where it ends. <sighs> shit. Wordspace. No. Not, no, almost. We're, halfway there. Yeah. Wordspace? <laughs> Wordspace. How about Press Square? Press Square, yes. WordPress. <laughs> Press. That's a hard P in there. Watch this be our most informative and educational episode, and we just had everybody shut it off by now. Like Everybody who wanted to listen to this was like, oh, these guys are fucking dumb. I don't blame them. I don't blame anyone. Six and a half minutes in, and then just like, why, why, why did I make this table life deci- decision? Even blasting, mm-hmm. ass blasting, always blasting. So the only thing blasting more than your heater down here is your ass, your asshole, Caleb. Yeah, see, it's so harsh. You gotta go check your <laughs> asshole. <laughs> oh God. So drunken Caleb is here to tell you about <laughs> how to master narrative pacing. Seven tips to help pace your writing. This is uh, brought to you by our friend, Masterclass Staff. <laughs> I thought it was going to be an author. <laughs> this is brought to you by our friend, Masterclass Staff. I didn't know Check they... out all his or her mm-hmm. or its work. There. I don't know. That's probably wrong, too. That's actually the right pronoun there. There you go. I'm surprised. I didn't know they had uh, like articles. I thought they was all just like videos and stuff like that. Yeah, who would have thought the other two articles we read from Masterclass where you had it on your phone and was reading Masterclass mm-hmm. and we had a whole episode where I said the word Masterclass 850 times. Who would have thought we who? would have had an article episode for Masterclass? How long ago was that Masterclass episode, though? Maybe three weeks ago. That, that's, that's a long time ago. Oh, and I'll probably say the same thing next time we do another Masterclass article. All right, so you want to hear about pacing, Spencer? Sure. Do you really? I mean, yes. Because if you don't know, the best storytellers across all genres of fiction, writing, are often masters of the pace at which the story unfolds. Use the tips to master the pacing in your writing, Spencer. Use the tips. Not these tips, just the tips. I like tips. Yeah. Tips all kinds of things. Pencil tips, pen tips. Yeah, yeah. Tips (laughs) of popsicles are pretty good. Hot dog tips. Okay, so I know what the real question you want to know is. What is narrative pacing? That's what we all need to know, right? Did we cover this in an episode, by the way? Did we do this exact article, maybe? Maybe. I I think we've done something about pacing before, but... I know we discussed it, but this seems like it was a good article, and it was in detail, and it was something I found immediately by looking up 
Did I even look up Pacey? I don't know what I looked up. I know it'd be funny if you were giving me shit about <laughs> not remembering the Masterclass episode from three weeks ago. If that if that episode was actually this article. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this will be better. I'm more prepared. Take three. Uh, so, if you're inquisitive enough. I'm gummed up. That's a hard word to say when you're gummed up. Inquisitive. Um, pacing refers to how fast or slow the story is moving for the reader. Well, no shit. I could have guessed that even if I was a noob. This is determined by the length of a scene and the speed at which you, the writer, distribute information. I'm going to go ahead and make this as stupid as possible, and this will be a DBS episode. I won't have to care as much in the editing process. <laughs> it's not going to be a real episode. now. it was, but after that intro and like the awful cold open, the awful intro, the awful name I gave you, and this beer is actually pretty good, though. I will say that. Um, but this is going to be the most, like, informal DBS episode ever, then. No, we've had articles that I had turned into DBS episodes because oh. we either went too off the rails or it was just bad. Uh, generally speaking, descriptive passages tend to slow things down while dialogue and action scenes speed things up. But slowing the pacing of action down at choice moments can also build... Can they build Spencer? Suspense! Oh, what? And drama? What about drama? No, it doesn't say anything about drama. Drama! No, save the drama for your mama. There ain't no drama here. Oh, wow. Ain't no drama here. But do you know why pacing is important, Spencer? Uh, because they say it is. Who says that? The article people. A lot of Japanese fiction I've read doesn't have much pacing. Yeah, they they are pretty loose and fluid. With do whatever the, the fuck they want. Yeah. If a scene wants to carry on for eight chapters, it will. <laughs> if it doesn't want to move anything along, if all of a sudden you just want to have a lot of shit happen immediately back to back to back to back to back, and your head starts spinning, that too. And those are fine stories that I've read. So. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. But if you do want to know about why pacing is important, I can tell you this. Good pacing is crucial to the flow of a successful narrative, and without it, the story is dead on the page. Dead on dead. the fucking page! Sorry. I like to scream sometimes. Like a, like a doornail, right? Dead like a doornail. Do- coffin like nail? Coffin nail. Doorknob? One last nail in the coffin. Is there a... What, what, what's the nail on the... What's the door? The nail on the door? Nail on the coffin? Maybe. I don't know. Dead as a doornail. I think that dead. is a phrase. But now I just think, like, why are doors nailed? Fuck! No! I don't want to talk about <laughs> this. Come on, man. Come on, be professional, man. We're closing on 100 here. We got to get better at this. Not right now, we're not. Uh, this being a, a shit episode. After that outro of the last episode with all the gross noises and the hip-hop beat, I don't think we're going to get better. But that I think that's where we're going now. We're steering down. I thought we'd go up, become a better podcast, highbrow, you know, the academics of the world will listen to. No, let's go down the toilet. Let's go down the pipes. Let's go meet the Ninja Turtles. Let's just go Ooh. in the sewers and hang out. I like see that. What, what comes about. Yeah, but this is like 2022 America. This is not going to be the Ninja Turtles you want to meet. They're going to be like AIDS-spreading fucking rabid turtles that don't have martial arts skills. Aww. And they study, like, they're lactose intolerant, so they can't even eat cheese pizza. Oh. Yeah. They just eat human flesh, probably. Ooh. Like, Splinter probably brings back the Black Plague. Mm. Yeah. He's not a master of anything but biting. The reader wants to be immersed in the thoughts and actions of your characters. They do, Spencer, believe it or not, want to be immersed in your world. They want to feel that they're in the world you've created. Clunky language, bad dialogue, and poorly conceived scenes will all draw your reader out of the story. Pace will help keep them in it. Damn it. Fuck, I must have... When I was learning to write, 
I always thought you had to have very clunky language, awful mm. dialogue, and you had to have really poorly conceived scenes for anybody to want to read your work. I, I was dead fuck. wrong. Damn it. I, I got to fucking learn how to write all over again. Oh, no. Oh, no. The weather outside is frightful, according to people on the World Wide Web. Shit. What's well, the first, uh, you know, like the first like actual snow? Which of, means our shit sea. city that's been prepared for this for months now has not done anything. Yeah, no salting or anything. I like how they handle the snow around here. Wait till it's eight feet. Wait till all the cars drive on it and pack it down to ice. And then wait till work and school let out for the day. And then we go home and we don't actually ever. Yeah. We, don't, we never get to it. So anyway, let's actually get into these tips, Spencer. These are really good tips. You want to know how good these tips are? They're so good your they're, mom wanted them. And say they're tip-tastical? Mm, that didn't. Tip-tastic? That's a little better. <laughs> Just the tip. Whether it's through subplots, playing with sentence structure, longer sentences can slow things down, rapid-fire dialogue and short sentences can speed them up, or experimenting with passive versus active voice, here are a few ideas to keep your story moving. I don't like that most writers nowadays, they have the short and speedy uh, sentences, but they never have the long sentences. Like, there's this formulaic... Me and Ash were discussing this not, uh, not too long ago. There's like this formulaic way of writing now if you want to get published and be like a bestseller. It's this like three sentence paragraphs with short punchy sentences or you can maybe push it up to four if they're really short. And if you want to have a long sentences, one like one or two long sentences per paragraph if you want to go the long route. But it's like you can't have blocks of text anymore because that's it's frowned upon because the readers are so stupid that they can't. Pay attention and have their needs met by your prose if it's beyond uh, the limits of uh, Twitter now, 280 characters. If you go beyond that in a sentence, they can't handle it because they're so dumb. Like, no, I don't agree with that. I think people like to read what they want to read. And if uh, you're a good writer, it doesn't matter how fucking long your paragraphs are. Um, Obviously, you can overdo it and you can underdo it. But I don't like the whole, oh, it has to be... Because I've seen, I've uh, I've talked with agents who've actually said this is what a lot of uh, publishers look for. The three-sentence paragraph. And, you know, not long sentences. I hate that. Because when I read that, I get bored because every page is the same, like the same layout. I don't know if you've ever well, experienced that. Probably one of the main reasons for that is because it, it uh, takes up more of the page. Because you, you keep having to have to, Yeah, because yeah. you keep on, you know, every time you start a new paragraph, you're... You know what I mean? You you go down, you know, you go down a space and you you know what I mean? Right. And then especially too if you're using like dialogue, you know, and if every word is like if they're having one or two word sentences and you you know, and you're taking it back down you again. You can fill the page count of a book pretty quick. Yeah. I try not to do that with my dialogue. I try not to have like short back and forth dialogue too often. Unless the scene requires it. But if people are actually talking, it's not just like, Yeah, cool. Okay, let's. I'll see you later. Like you know, just like these real short. Try to at least, uh, if they are gonna be short, if it's gonna be a short conversation or something, you try to add some stuff. I'll add action. Yeah, you know, in between the dialogue to move it along a little bit. Or just even like descriptions of like whenever he said that he had a made a face or whatever. You know, Took as a he drink said or something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because that's just boring. If it's just like this basic dialogue that just goes back and forth, that's fucking monotonous, and eh, nobody likes that. Uh, so our first tip of the day. The first tip of the day. Utilize breathers, Spencer. Do you utilize breathers? I know, probably not. <laughs> By balancing action scenes with more reflective internal moments, you give the reader an equal dose of excitement and recovery. 
The quieter moments in any novel, the negative space, are the places to share relationship details, a character's thoughts and memories, and anything a character might do while taking a break. These spaces, which are just as important as... Oh, I got something in my eye. <laughs> Move my finger. <laughs> and then I got something else. Is it a tip in your eye? Tips in my eye. These spaces, which are just as important as the more dramatic senses... I'm hot! These spaces, which are just as important as the more dramatic scenes, give readers a chance to orient themselves and process their reactions. Too much of the same pace, no matter how exciting it is, will begin to feel tedious to the reader. Tedious. I'm tired after doing that. I, I paused and stripped and did a dance. And that was hard, because I'm a fat guy now. Oh, I'm a fat guy. Bulky, Caleb. Bulking. Bulky. I'm bulky. You oh, put, you're putting on mass. And I will cultivate that mass. At some point. Not right now. Ah, refreshing. I think you should have like a crazy straw to drink your beer out of. So that way you don't ever have to get out of the chair. You just have this elaborate every time you want to take a drink during the podcast. What would you do with this very dark amber? Actually, it's kind of a reddish almost beer. <laughs> what would you do? This is a, folks don't know how big this beer is. It's a very large glass. It's two beers. It's two beers. It's two full beers in this glass. But anyway... If what would you do if I drank that and I was like, oh, I'm gonna go get another one, Spencer? And you see me walking in the bathroom, what the fuck? And you just hear me pissing, <laughs> and I come back and it's the same beer, just as frothy, <clears throat> if not more, even more head. <laughs> oh, are we talking about tips still? No, yeah, yeah. Speaking of tips, negative space. Uh, so yeah, you don't want to, you don't want the same. Who who's pacing like that? I guess people do if they suck at writing. I don't know. Don't suck at writing. That's my tip. Don't suck at writing. Get better. Two. Change the order of events. How do you feel about this? I want your opinion on every tip. I mean, again, this is where it comes, you know, we've mentioned before, it all depends on what the story is. Like, you know, whenever, what is it, change change places? If the story doesn't need it, though, like... Well... But the story, I mean, could. It's just... I was going to just paraphrase this, but I don't think I can because I'm not quite sure what they're fucking talking about. Try a method called Inmedius Res... I don't know what that is. Opening the story in the middle of the action and filling in details later. Oh, okay, that's cool. I like that. This works well when you want to capture your reader's attention quickly. Like in a short story, if you are writing something longer, try placing the sole dramatic question of your story up front while using the rest of the novel to slowly parse out information that leads up to the final answer. My story opens with one of the biggest scenes in my book. Literally, the very first paragraph is one of the big climaxes of my story, and then I work my way up to the climax, and then we have everything after. So, uh, I guess I already did that. Spencer. Good for you. I figured it out without reading the stupid <laughs> article. Without Masterclass. I didn't need Masterclass. That Joy Har- I can finally say it now, because I got my free Masterclass this year, because I took that Joy Har- Harjo, uh... The Joy Harjo poetry class that she has up that just came out today, which is Thursday the 6th. I did the test trial, I guess you call it. Like you give the note, you watch it, give the notes and all this stuff. Um, And it looks like they cut out about half of the class. It was like a lot of classes I had to watch. And then I think they took out like half of those lessons for this final product. So I don't know how much my input helped, but I did get a free uh, master class. Was you like, get rid of half of these classes? Yep, that was exactly it. Three, vary your sentence length. Here, see this. This is where Caleb, Big yeah. Daddy, Steve, Harry, Dick. Oh, I need to quit. Uh, this is where I come into action because I like to break it up. 
Um, actually, having a little bit of problem in my novel here is because uh, I've been hitting a lot of dialogue, so it's having, I'm having trouble like really varying the sentence length, um, but you need to. Pretty much, you don't want just all long sentences. You don't want all short sentences. You want a mix. That's all. That's It's not hard. It ain't hard. What about you, Spencer? You feel like you need to... You've been adding more girth to your sentences. I a think. little, yeah, a little bit because uh, originally I was very either um, short sentences or um, the smaller paragraphs. Mm. So now at least I'm trying to. If I'm still staying on the 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 smaller sentences, I try to at least have more of the smaller sentences. Like you know what I mean, right? So at least that the paragraphs are are a little bit bigger. Um, see, I have a hard time figuring out when to. Because it's not necessarily writing long sentences that gives me trouble. It's like, where do I cut this sentence off to make like the next sentence? So it's just, just the the whole paragraph that's just not a run on, just babbling of words. Like, I I actually struggle with that too sometimes, and, and I think it's just one of those things a lot of writers overthink about. Same thing with like I always like I'm always kind of constant on the size of the paragraphs. Like yeah. I don't want big. And then, too, I don't think that I'm ready to wear writing huge blocks of text either. Like, yeah. because, uh, you know, as we mentioned earlier and I mentioned in, in the next pat, you know, in past episodes, the big bulky, like, blocks just sometimes make people go, no. Or just skim read through it, like, quickly just to get past it. In that uh, Quick and the Dead Martina O'Kyan story, I just finished that story collection. One of the stories, which was like thirty or fifty pages, there was no, it was just all one block of text through the whole because he liked to experiment, and I uh, that was the only one I ended up bailing on in that yeah. collection because I just couldn't do it. I was just like, I don't fucking know. It's ha- actually, I think there was two of those, uh, and every once in a while I'd break into a new paragraph, and the other one was it was okay. But the one I just like, I was like, I don't fucking like this. Well, also there's two. It's like you gotta give people a break. Yeah. Even still, with like my the amount that I read, like in a sitting or whatever, has gone up. But I still have. I don't know if it's just like my ADD or whatever it is. But I still have to even take breaks, even if it's just for like a couple minutes to put it down to like look at something else or, mm. or something, or just to give my like eyes a minute to break. You know, a break. But it's like. People have hard times doing that if you don't give them at least, like, here's a paragraph. It might be in the middle of the page, but here's a paragraph that they can just, you know, put it away for a second until, yeah. they, until they come back. Instead of having to try to find where they're at in the in the one paragraph that goes on for three pages. Well, like you were saying about having trouble knowing when to break the paragraph to a new one. I always try to go with whenever I'm going to implement a new idea because not, not it's not going to obviously just be a new scene every time. Yeah. But you know, if somebody's doing something, uh, as soon as they're going to do something that's different, uh, or at least different enough to warrant a new paragraph, that's when I'll, I'll you know jump ahead. But that is one thing like you overthink a lot, and it can be kind of irritating because even sometimes I've like finished stories and I'm looking, I'm like, like I'll have them published and everything, and then when I read back, I'm like, I know nobody probably cares. But I should have fucking broke it in the middle here yeah. and just made a separate one. That was a separate idea. Yeah. I should have had it separated. Because, yeah, like, especially, like, you know, like, in school and stuff, if you're not, like, uh, you know, if you're not, like, taking, like, a writing class or something like that, you know, whenever it's paragraph, it's like you're writing, it's new subject. You know, if you're, like, if you're writing a paper on something or, or, or a letter to somebody, you know, it's subject, new paragraph. But it's, like, that doesn't necessarily work when it comes to, like, storytelling, you know? It, it's weird. Yeah. 
See, that's a good problem to worry about, though, because that means you're at the point in your writing career where you have enough skills that you're worrying about things like that. Because most people aren't thinking, like, you know, new writers, uh, amateur writers and stuff, they're not really thinking about that kind of stuff. They're just worried about the grammar and just, like, the the surface-level stuff. But it's when you finally start to master some of that stuff that you'll look deeper into your work, and then it never ends. No. You're just constantly like, oh, I could do this, I could do that, and then all of a sudden you're James Joyce just writing fucking made-up words. And Well, I, I, I kind of look at that as, like, where you're trying to, you're working, like, a job, and it's like, I can do this thing now, so down the line it's not a pain in the yeah. ass. So you try to, you know, set that stuff as much up as possible in that first draft, but no matter how how well you think you did, it's, yeah. it's all garbage and you're going to have to fix it anyways. It's all horse hawk gobbledygook. Ooh, wow. Number five, reveal information selectively. I don't know why I yelled that. Uh, do you reveal information selectively? I think that's a good idea. I feel like I'm. At, that's something... In the, in the current story that I'm working on, that's one of the main things I'm trying to focus on is, like, because it's, like, a weird future. It's not a dystopian future, but it's, like, kind of, it's not good. Mm. So, like, I, I'm, I'm trying to parcel out information either through just by action of, like, how people do things or how they say stuff or how, like, the narrator might, you know, describe, or, like, use a phrasing or something like that, other than just being like, oh, in the year 2085, yeah. a terrible thing happened, and, you like, you know what I mean? I'm, you know, it's trying to spread it out a little bit more, or, you know. Uh -huh. Well, here's the thing, Spencer. Writing suspense into any novel is a matter of controlling the information, how much you reveal, and when and how you reveal it. In its most practical sense, suspense is a series of incremental steps. While every novel will have a central, overarching storyline that seeks to answer the sole dramatic question, that question is an engine built of thousands of smaller components that carry the reader through each chapter, sustaining their interest along the way. So pretty much what you were saying. Mm -hmm. You get that information? And a little sprinkle here. And a little sprinkle here. And a giant info dump here mm -hmm. just to, to move it along. But I mean, I, and I feel like that works more for the, other than just suspense. Like, you know. Yeah, it works real good for fuckfic. Ooh, yeah. You want to, you know, you know. The you don't want to just go out and say Big Bush. You want to show the wiriness peeking through the bikini here. Well, well, maybe so, over the top of the pant on another scene. Well, the, you know, the old saying is that if you, uh, you know, you show that dildo on the nightstand in the first mm -hmm. part, you got to be, you got to use that dildo by the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you introduce the dildo, you always got to use the dildo. Uh, number six, vary your narration. This is probably one I really have to work on. Let me read to find out if I'm doing this adequately. I don't think I am. In all writing, there are two types of narration, scene and dramatic narration. Did you know that? Mm, sure. In the former, you show the character performing an action or having a conversation. This tends to speed up the pacing. In the latter, you simply tell the reader what the characters did, but the event remains offstage. This type of narration can slow the story down. To keep pacing from feeling monotonous, it's a good idea to vary the two modes of writing. Show the reader a scene when it's interesting or necessary, and use summary to move over the less exciting parts. So, if you're having, like, a cool scene where there's fucking, you know, two ships in space shooting each other and blowing up and all this stuff, yeah, you want to write and show that scene. But if you have a scene later on where it's just talking about 
how the survivors of that got bandaged up and shipped off and you're never going to hear about them again. You can just tell that part. You don't really got to go into the details of that. Uh, so you just, again, with the selective narration here, you want to uh, pick and choose what you feel is important for the reader to experience. Uh, that's always the way I look at it. You want the readers to experience this moment or do you just want them to know about the moment? Because, and I've read a lot of uh, work like this before that I've poo-pooed in the past. Not live on air, but I've poo-pooed some indie authors before. And even some uh, actually like best-selling authors work I read where most of the book was just them telling me shit that was going on. I'm like, mm. no, I want to experience this. I want to be involved. I don't want to just fucking what? have you tell me that somebody died off air. Like, I want to see them die. Like, come What's on. The whole show-no-tell thing again. Yeah. Like, that's the worst thing, I think. Um, not the worst thing a writer could do, but it's definitely in the top ten. If you, especially if you have a character someone really likes, and you just kill him off screen. Did you hear about Johnny Two Dicks? Yep, he got shot up in an alley. What? I wanted to see it. He was one of my favorite characters, and I don't what? even get to see him die. What happened? Got shot in his dicks. Man, both of them. One in a million shot too. Just one bullet. Got him <laughs> it's like that scene from Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> Seven. Dun 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 dun. Read the work out loud. Oh, don't I always tell you to do this? Yes. I've We've actually talked about many times on this uh, very podcast about recording yourself. Notice the amount of time it takes you to read through a scene and pay attention to how the sentences feel to read and mark where the rhythms naturally change. I do this a lot for my commas, too. Because a lot of people put commas in the wrong spots, like when we get submissions and stuff. If you read it out loud, it helps you. I mean, obviously, you want to break up, like, you know, your independent clauses and stuff. You can use commas. But if you just read a sentence that's really long uh, out loud or even dialogue, but, oh, this is just where I would naturally break speaking this, so I should put a comma here. Just mm -hmm. to, Commas are one of those things it's hard to have a solid rule on, um, a rule on just because you, you, it's like sentences are too varied because you can follow the comma rules, but all of a sudden your sentence just will be too long and sound like a run-on sentence, even though it's grammatically correct. Sometimes you just got to throw that in there to split it up, uh, even if it doesn't seem like it makes sense for a comma to be in a certain spot. Uh, but then usually it's like a natural thing people either pick up on or they don't. I feel like me and you've never really had, at least yeah. I, and from reading your work, never noticed you yeah. had trouble with that. Well, I know because I either, um, I notice what helps a lot is like either the writing thing I'm using or even like uh, Google Doc where if you go into past like the spell checks because they even have like grammarly checks and stuff like that yeah. and it will help be like you should put a comma here or take that you know come that comma shouldn't mm. be there and as we always talk about with the reading out loud it also helps i mean with the pacing but also with the sentences because if you are reading it out loud and you're like and then so he like you know what i mean you get out of breath like you know that you're going on a little too long yeah. you need to you need to give the reader a break you need you know like, so well, you know what? How do you feel about Grammarly, some of their suggestions? Because one comma they always put on, or always suggest, is, for instance, if you said, today the weather is shitty, it would always be, today, comma, the weather is shitty. And that's a, like a constant uh, comma they want to throw in there. And I've always kind of just did that anyway, because that's probably more how I speak. But just reading all the classic literature, modern, any, just all the fiction I've read over the years, a lot of people would just be, today, it was shitty outside. Like, they yeah. don't have that, and you don't need it. it. It reads exactly the same. Sometimes if you follow that recommendation and put that comma there, it's in a place where 
it like it might be in that opening, but it actually does it. It like messes up that sentence. Yeah. Because sometimes that sp- sentence is supposed to run on like together like that. It's not supposed to have a break in it. To the listeners who like to use Grammarly or whatever uh, word processing software they have, be very careful with the uh, corrections. Um, yeah, just don't trust them blindly. Yeah. yeah, because some people do that, and I could tell when they submit the work. I'm like, no, like not just with the commas too, like spell check. That's a, that's wrong a lot of the time. Sometimes you spell the word correctly, but it just thinks it's a different word or compound mm-hmm. words. There's a lot of times where it'll be like overhead. They want to make overhead a single word, but maybe you're talking about he threw the ball over head, like yeah. over somebody's head or something. Words like that, they'll try to make it one word or things because English language is fucking stupid. So I keep on, like, I've been getting a lot of dashes, a lot of dashes. Yeah, like. But I think Grammarly does a good job of just the basic edits for me, like just well, pointing out things I might have overlooked. And we both use the free version. Yeah. So I'm sure if we... If I, we... Well, the, my, that's a conscious choice for me. That's a purposeful choice because I don't want it to control my writing style. Yeah. I don't want to rely on it and then all of my work looks the same because I'm going by, you know, Grammarly or... Whatever it may be. Word or Scrivener, anything that has a built-in word uh, editing software. Uh, but I, I just use those... Like that's why I'm really liking writing by hand because I don't have anything now. Mm. I'm just free as a fucking bird. I'm. It's probably so fucked up, <laughs> and I love it. It's just fucked. So when I go to transcribe it into the computer, I'm gonna be like, man, I'm dumb. <laughs> but then I can, you know, fix it. But I, I don't have to worry about fixing it as I go because you see those red squiggly lines. You just want to go back and fix it immediately. Especially whenever you put the grammarly in the corner, you get the red number yeah. with how many, you know, how many mistakes or whatever. Oh, it is. just taunting you, and a lot of times it's not even that bad. I, I like not having that because you talk about pacing. Pacing in writing itself is important. Yeah. If you break your pace because you go back to fix some dumb shit that fucking, you know, the process. And sometimes I, I like when, uh, especially when I'm doing like a longer story or something, you have to hit it to sh- turn it on. It just won't, like if I'm working on my computer, it just won't be on. And I'll just go and go and go. And then once I hit it, it's like a fucking Christmas tree. Yeah. Up. I'm like, oh man, I misspelled a lot of words today. But. That's our masterclass episode. Uh, Spencer got a job there. He's CEO. Yes. So expect the quality to start going down. Plummeting to the depths of the garbage pit. But these are really cool, but I don't know why is every masterclass just a different like comic book kid, like, <laughs> uh, creator. And why is there so many Stephen Kings? Why? Because I spent all the money on it. <laughs> you just get one Stephen King and then you just bankrupt the masterclass. So, if you folks want to read our work and see uh, if we have our pacing correct and our narrations and the proper order and all that fun stuff, you can go to, where can they go, Spencer? Drunkenpenwriting.com. Holy fuck, you said it right on the first go. Drunkenpenwriting.com. It's the place to be. It's where things are happening. It's where we don't post very often, but, you know, we try. Um, and what? Drunkenpenwriting on Twitter. Twitter and Instagram? Oh, no. He's no, so it's, close. it's full on the, uh, it's the whole thing on, on the Instagram <laughs> and the Facebook. Photos. Instagram and Facebook, it's at Drunken Pen Writing. Drunk Pen Writing on Twitter. Um, I just realized someone submitted a story over a year ago. And we never looked at it? And I fucking forgot to look at it. Damn it. And I know who he is, and he's a good guy. He's been published on the site before. Oh, so fucking overlooked that one. Oh, boy. But he was like 80, 90 years old, so he probably doesn't listen to the podcast. And Anyway, folks. Oh, that's what you would never mind. Just, just, we're not doing that again like we did with that. No, no. 
Uh, so we thank you for listening, and I don't think I'm gonna put any goofy music on here, but I make uh maybe I'll make a collage. I don't know if that's the right word for audio, but I'm gonna make a you know combination of your gross sounds from this episode and my gross sounds, and yeah. So uh, stay cheesy, take it easy, and get breezy. Fettuccine. The <laughs> Honolulu Harbinger of Haberdashery. <laughs> You don't want to just go out and say Big Bush. A businessman. Yeah, see, this this is where Caleb, Big yeah. Daddy, Steve, Harry Dick. Oh. You know, you show that dildo on the nightstand in the first mm-hmm. part. You got to be, you got to use that dildo. <clears throat> Wipe the, the peanut butter from my lips. A businessman. It's all horse hawk gobbledygook. Oh.